Hello, and welcome to the High Street Community Church Podcast. We're so excited you're learning alongside us, and we pray this message leads you closer to the Lord and others. High Street Community Church is simply a family of friends following Jesus. God bless you as you listen. Good morning. So this morning's topic is um, pretty simple, but very, very important. Um, Important if we get it wrong. Uh, Important if we get it right. You know, um, people's problems with Christians, not everybody likes you folks, by the way. Um, One of the problems that's stated, I hear it a lot, and, and you see it, I guess, in the news and just talking with people, is that they say, Christians are so judgmental, you know, and, and deciding who's in and who's out. Did I lose that? Who's in and who's out with God? And it's a, it's a difficult topic because Scripture is really clear how to have a relationship with God. And yet, whose place is it to decide who's in or who's out? God's. God's alone. Everybody has to stand before God at some point, everybody has to stand before God, and they don't stand before you or me. We stand before God. And so the important thing is for us to not be judgmental, even though we know the truth. The point thing is to point them to the truth so that they would know and they could come up with, um, really, because God's going to want to know one thing. All that matters is one thing. You're like, what is it? I'll tell you. Not yet. Because would you like someone to judge you for that one thing? Have you done that one thing, or, or do you believe that one thing, or do you have that one thing? No, I would only want God to judge that. So it's not our place to judge. Yet at the same time, a dynamic that's going on is that um, I want to know if I'm doing that one thing, or I have that one thing. I, you know, a number of people, I'll, I'll meet and counsel with people, and sometimes the topic comes up, I don't really know if I'm a Christian. I don't know if I want to know for sure that I'm going to heaven, that I'm going to be with God forever. I, how do I know that I know? You know, we judge ourselves. How do I know? We're going to get that really clearly pointed out to us today in Scripture too. God's gracious to give us the answer to those nagging questions. So if you're, if you're one of those people that r- wrestles with being judgmental, good, good to be here today. You're going to hear some stuff about who judges and how to judge ourselves. And then if you're one of those people that's wrestling, struggling with the, really the assurance of your faith, how do I know that I know? It's a nagging question that can get us in some dark times. Uh, maybe not when we're in church and with everybody and we're singing, but you know, later in the week or later some other time, you may struggle and say, how do I know that I know? So if you want to pull out your notes, I'll walk through some of these fill-ins with you. They're in your bulletin. And the, the, t- the title for today is The True Life. That's our first fill-in, The True Life. And the topic last week was Illumination. So imagine we're in here and it's totally dark and you turn on the lights, that's the concept of illumination. And what happened with illumination is we were taught how to live in the light. How do you live in the light? How, you know, what is the good news? What is this one thing in a sense? You know, and we'll get to that. How do you, um, how are we reconciled? How are we, we reconnected with God? And there, there was just kind of four, four things that came out. It's really the good news um, in a little, little portion of Scripture. Number one, someone has to proclaim to us the good news. 
You've got to hear what is the story, what is the good news. And the good news is that Jesus Christ, as God himself, came down and restores us to relationship with the Father. How does that happen? Well, once we hear this good news, we need to confess. Confess is just agreeing. Some confessions are good. God, you are awesome. We're doing a lot of confessions through these songs. Some confession is kind of, I don't know if it's bad, but it's, it's on the bad stuff. Like, I agree that I have done this. I've believed these bad things. I've done these bad things. And God already knows them, but we agree with God that this is how I have fallen short. Fallen short. It is plural shorts many times. Many times we make mistakes. And we need to, our part, God invites us, he doesn't force us, confess your sins, your mistakes, how you've missed, how you've gone out of bounds, how you've blatantly rebelled against God. We need to do that, and God invites us to do that. When we do that, that's our part, then God does his part, is he forgives us. Because of the payment, because of the work on the cross that Jesus did, we are forgiven once and for all of these sins. So there's a proclamation, we hear the good news, there's a um, confession, we say where we've come up short, and then God does his part alone, forgives us. And then there was another part that's in that that goes right along with forgiveness is cleansing. And that's where Jesus washes us. And we actually participate. We go along for the ride on that. And we're in the process. So it's in theological terms, forgiveness is justification where God as a judge declares us righteous from that point forward. And then there's a cleansing because there's a process of us becoming more like Christ. And that's what's happening in the cleansing part. Really, really fun, I guess I would say, really um, great message to preach last week, to tell, tell you all, to tell myself, to hear God tell me, hey, this is how we get in the light. This is how we get right with God. But then we also have these nagging questions, as I mentioned earlier, go on, but, but how do I really know? You know, I heard this point, I mean, I mean I've confessed, I feel forgiven, I'm, I'm in the light, I'm cleansed, but how do I know, how do I measure up is the question. So we're going to talk about verification. And um, how do I know I'm in the light? I don't always feel that way. What's the one thing that God requires? What is that thing? Let's pray. God, thanks for your word that we can just keep coming back to as an anchor. I know in my life I, I start to get confused or I forget um, or, or things just get muddied up, and to come back to your word, especially a book like 1 John that's just so basic and clear on the truth, we're grateful. Would your spirit open our minds and our hearts so that we would be um, in your truth, we'd be fully in the light. That's what we ask and we pray. And we thank this um, in the, the name of your son, Jesus Christ, amen. So we're in chapter two. Uh, down to about verse 3 of 1 John, and it's on page 1,301 in your pew Bibles. And the context here, just as a way of reminder, is the Apostle John is probably the last living apostle. He's pretty old, um, near the end of his life, and he's speaking to these churches that are scattered around Turkey. And think of him as an older, wiser mentor that really cares for them. He calls them beloved little children. And, um, and he's just got this sense that you know, really, he was with Jesus a ton, and he even sounds like Jesus when he talks, just pretty direct, pretty like, here's the deal, and he's saying in such a loving manner. He even says some pretty harsh things, but they're in such a, you know, an older, wiser, caring person's kind of like, you know, a grandfather tone kind of thing, and he was, you know, so in my mind, he's like really connected to Jesus. He loves these people. He's been around the block, to say the least. 
He knows the truth, and he's telling this church. And if you're sitting here and you're hearing these truths and you say, yeah, yeah, I know this, I know this, I know this. Well, that's awesome. But listen to it this way is, okay, how can I be like the Apostle John and tell younger believers this or just tell other people? So it may not be news to you, but this could be a training in how to share the good news. So you're going to run across people that need verification, that need to know, okay, am I in the light? Do what I'm going to teach now. Teach this as John's teaching it to us. If you don't know this stuff, listen up because you need to hear it. This is really, really good stuff. And in there, um, this church, in these churches, one of the issues was there was a number of people that just said they, oh, they know things about God. They were Gnostics, but they didn't really feel like they had to live godly lives. And it was a heresy that was going around that John was teaching against, and that it comes out right here. Here's how you know. You know, because they're kind of like, who, not, not necessarily who's in this church or who's out, but who is truly a follower of God? They needed to know that, cause, and they're asking them them, themselves because of all this confusion that was going on in these churches. So before we get to the one thing you got to know, let's just talk about a few of the false standards, false things that we cannot be verified, but we, we often try these things. The first one, a false standard, is your feelings. You know, there's times when I don't feel close to God, so therefore... I must be away from God, or I must not be connected, or I must, must not be in good standing because my feelings say that. Feelings are good, and they very, may very well be pointing to something truthful, but they're not the standard. Because you, you could feel really good, and you may, may be way off. Your feelings, as we all know this, they're great. They go all over the place. Another false standard is church activities. I go to church, therefore I'm in with God. Can I get an Amen. Please no. <laughs> um, or I serve, or I'm a leader in the church. That's my standard. If I'm a leader, therefore I'm good before God. Nope. Those are all good things, really good things. They're helpful in many ways, but that is not a standard. That's not a verification of your good standing with the Lord. Or a history. I've been here for many, many years. Or my family has been walking with God for many, many years. Therefore, I am in good standing with God. Those make sense. They're just not true. That's not the deal. These are all good things before God, and they're all very helpful, but they're not the standard. What is the true standard? Verse 3. You guys have waited long enough. What is the, what is the thing? Verse 3. And by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. The true standard is to, here it is, it's real, real fancy, to know God. That's all God requires. Know him. Just know God, not know about God. Awesome thing. We all need to know about God, but what God cares about is do you know him? Jesus says it. I didn't know you. You know, we did all these things for you, but you don't know me. You know, you can, I've heard of famous people, but I don't know them. I may know about them, but do I have a real relationship with them? That, that's the question here. That's the, the issue that we're going at. So not just know about God, but to know God. Now the grammar in this verse is really makes a big deal. It says, to know God, we have come to know him. It's in the perfect tense. So it's something that happened in the past that has ongoing present uh, consequences. So it's a, it's a thing that happened that's ongoing and still going. So yes, I've met and I've come to know him. And then the present tense of the verb keep, like keeping his commands, means that we're doing something ongoing that points back to that thing that happened, that we came to know him and now we still know him. I literally, and maybe you want me to, could close this in prayer and we could go home. 
Because this is all that matters, is knowing God. That's it. Not just about him, but through a relationship where we're interacting. We know God through Jesus Christ, through a relationship with him. That could happen in prayer, in service, in learning. All those things are important in how to you know, know God. But John continues on because he knows there's other questions. But are there any actual ways that we can measure if we know God? Right? Can we actually measure this? He's pushing us even further. Okay, the answer is I need to know God. Well, how can I measure that? Is there any kind of checklist or any way that I can just verify knowing God? And yes, there are three ways that he lists to measure knowing God. And I'll read verses 3 to 5. And the first word's going to be keeping. And that's going to be keeping his commands. It says, And by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, straight shooter. (laughs) And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. So you'll know that you're in Christ, you're in God, you're in relationship with God, you're in the light if you keep his commandments. Now if you're like me, when I hear, sometimes when I hear, keep your commandments, I'm, I'm like, nope, I'm a child of God by the grace of God. It's not by works that I come to salvation. It's, and so we're actually paralyzed by grace. Get it? We don't do, we don't keep his commands because I don't want to be, I don't want to be earning God's love. And that's good. You shouldn't. You can't. But God's grace doesn't prevent us from doing things. When you have God's love, your reflexive response is to love him back by obeying. And there's a lot of effort that comes in obeying God. A lot of effort. So don't confuse effort with salvation. Effort is a verification of your salvation. Right? It's subtle. It's a, it's a trick we can get tripped up on. But keeping is an appropriate response to, the loving of, to, to God's love keeping his commands. So we don't, we don't obey Jesus so that he'll love us. That's a lie. We obey, obey Jesus because he loves us. All right? Gotta get, we mess it up, so I want to make sure I'm super, super clear on that. Another way, if you're checking, hey, do I know God? Do you keep his commands? And it doesn't mean you keep them perfectly, by the way, but, but it's a reflex. Like, no, I want to obey. I want to obey. Is walking verses 6 and 7, walking as Jesus walked. It says, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way he walked. Beloved, I'm writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you've heard. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way he walked. Well, how did Jesus walk? First off, he walked with his father, meaning he's he talked with his father. He wanted to please his father. What is it that his father would have him do? And then he walked with people. I had a, a funny experience this week when, uh, I guess it was Monday, um, I was uh, up in Yosemite with my daughter, Sierra. We went for a really long hike. And after we got through the hard part of the hike, we were hiking down uh, the John Muir Trail, <clears throat> And a lot of people had climbed up to Half Dome and walked down, and they were pretty beat up. They were tired. And some of them were from, from like, we met a, a couple from Chicago, 
Not a lot of hills in Chicago to train on, by the way. <laughs> and the altitude's not there. But we must have talked to, I don't know, five or ten different groups on the way down. And it struck me as I was preparing this message that um, if we were in cars in the freeway, wouldn't have got to know any of them. But we're walking on a trail, and some of them were walking really slow. Like, they were really tired. I'm like, you're not going to get back before dark, lady. <laughs> it's pretty late, and it's, there's a lot more steps to go. But we would stop and talk to them because we, you know, it's just a friendly thing to do. You don't just blow by somebody. But we've, I've walked the trail many, many times. And especially these people from out of town had never even been to Yosemite before. And so I, I described, well, take this way down. It's not as steep. And, and here's what you've got in front of you. Here's where you can, you know, pause and, and take a rest. Here's where it's okay to walk in the dark, that kind of stuff. Giving them encouragement. And so that's a picture of walking like Jesus walked. And I think the term walking isn't by mistake. It's not running, you know, and there's times to run and times to sit, but it's walking. It's always making forward progress, but it's at a rate where you're not in such a rush. And our culture really rushes along, doesn't it? You know, if we can just think of walking, okay, moving forward, but able to talk. You know, that's what I love about hiking is that you can have a conversation and, and yet you're still going forward, reaching a goal. And then he walked with purpose. Jesus knew why he was walking. He came to seek and save the lost. He came to tell us about God, how good God is, and how wrong we are, and how we need God to fix that with us, and we could be in relationship with God. That's how Jesus walked. He walked with his Father, he walked with uh, people, and he walked with purpose. One of the things that's also, I, I, I missed this earlier, when it comes to um, keeping his commands, Here's what Jesus said about kind of this acts or, these, or doing these works. He says in John 8, 29, I do these things that please my, to, to please my Father. So Jesus had this desire, and he showed his desire to show uh, for his Father by doing things, by pleasing him. And then he says in, in a couple verses later to his disciples, if you keep my word, then you're truly my disciples. So he's not saying... You'll be my disciples if blah, blah, blah. He says, you, you'll verify. This will show you're my disciples if you keep my commands. So keeping commands and then walking as Jesus walked. And then the last verification, this is probably my favorite one, is loving. Keeping, walking, and loving will all show us if we are truly God's kids. Verses 8 to 11. It says, at the same time, it's a new commandment that I'm writing to you, which is true in him and in you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he's in the light and hates his brother is still in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light and in him there's no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. So it starts off, and I'll read this again in verse 7. Beloved, I'm writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. So he's like, this is old news. But then he says, but at the same time, the verse 8, it's a new commandment that I'm writing to you. Which is it, John? Make up your mind. <laughs> and here's what's going on here, having studied this a little bit. God has always been about telling us to love him and love others. That's always been the story. And Jesus comes along and makes it super clear. So it's an old commandment that's always been there, and then, okay, it's a new commandment. In, in, in a sense, it has a new F emphasis. 
Jesus just goes on and on about loving as the top thing, like love, love, love. It's so important. And then it has a new quality. See, Jesus' love, the way he showed, it was sacrificial. It wasn't just caring. It was like sacrificial to the point of death. And then it's also this love is to a new extent. It wasn't just love your neighbor, it's love your enemy. So it's all about love, that's the old commandment, but, but the new is that it's like, I have now done this so purely and good, Jesus, and now I want you to live the same way. That's what's going on. It's old and new commandment, and it's all about loving. The question in our series here is, do you want to live your best life? Do we want to live our best life? And I could boil it down to this verse 10. I just love this. It's, it's helped me this week. It's convicted me and helped me. So I bless you with this verse that's, that's, I guess, would chase me all week. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there's no cause for stumbling. Here's the deal. If you feel like you're stumbling along in life, and you're having a rough time, you're bumbling around, you've you're got barriers blocking you, and you're frustrated... You might need to love because it says here, if we're loving, there's not a lot of barriers. Life just makes sense. Life works. We can see. Hate blinds. We stumble in many ways. It says it right there. And love illuminates. See straight. Think clearly. Get a proper outlook. And it's, just, it's kind of like a basic bonus um, issue for you. Like when I've been struggling this week, I'm like, am I loving? Who am I not loving? How is there... Is it, and, and sure enough, a lot of these things have cleared up where I'm like, okay, the path is a lot straighter. You know, even being a Christian, if we spend a lot of time worrying about doing the wrong things, you're going to spend a lot of energy versus like, just love. You know, that, that phrase, phrase um, love everyone always. Let that guide your life. Through the power of Christ, love everyone always. Life just gets a lot simpler, doesn't it? That's what I've found. You know, you're spending all this energy don't do this, don't do that. that. Those can be helpful a little bit, but really, just, just love everybody, always. Not easy to do. I mess up all the time. But this verse right there, I think, is just a little bit of help to say, hey, if you're finding yourself tripping and stumbling, there might be some hate in your life. And, and when you put your energy, you put your force towards loving, life just makes sense a lot more. Having worked on this and, and wrestled with this this week, I thought, you know the best way to close this is to let us hear the actual words of Jesus on the topic. So instead of saying, hey, do this this week, you know, a lot of times I try to come up with an application that we can all live out and put into practice. I want us just to hear the words of Jesus. And I'm going to read back in the book of John, um, verse, uh, chapter 15. And um, I don't know, do something in your mind. One, one time I went to a, um, Marilyn Miller's Bible study and they said hey would you read the Sermon on the Mount to us we want to hear it in a male voice it's just a bunch of gals and I was intimidated believe me <laughs> but the exercise was like we want to pretend like it's Jesus talking to us we want to hear it that way and so I thought that would be a good example I, you, you all know this I'm nowhere near Jesus <laughs> I don't know that I even sound like him but I want you to sit and I'm going to read his words and just whether it's helpful to close your eyes and listen to Jesus teach on this very topic. How do we know God? How can we know God? So I'll read this over you, and then I'll just sit down, and um, Dave will come up and lead us in our last song or two. 
Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father's the vine dresser. Every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you're clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, you love one another, as I have loved you. Thank you for listening to the High Street Community Church weekly message. We hope you were encouraged to follow Jesus. For more, please subscribe to our podcast or visit us online at hscchurch.org.